Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Shellheads Podcast. Uh, Jeff and Sergio are here uh, hosting this for you, and uh, this is a very special episode. Indeed it is. Um, we typically have segments. We uh, have a lot of fun chatting about what's in our box and what's what, what, what the latest news is, uh, but we're gonna, not going to do any of that today. Uh, a long-awaited pillar of Ninja Turtles future has landed on our doorstep, and we need to talk about Mutant Mayhem, which we will do momentarily. Jeff, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Sergio. It's going pretty well? Yeah, cooled off after you know, this hot night, had some ice cream and uh, good food. Yeah, it's... The temperatures have been out of out of this world this week, man. Yeah, I mean, I mainly stay indoors, so. Yeah, but like I have to transport other humans places, and when you get into your car and it's and it just casually says 105 degrees on your dashboard. Well, yeah, it's like that episode of Futurama where they're uh, with Zap Brannigan and they're stuck in the uh, the brig. Uh, it's like, hey, we can escape through that steam pipe. Oh, no good. It's full of steam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's, exactly what it feels like getting in your car where we live. Yeah, yeah. And it, for some reason, rain has just given up on us. It's coming next week. I hope so. Like, rain at least will call, like, cool us down a few degrees. Like, Here's the here's the freaky thing. I was I was down at the arcade uh, maybe like two or three days ago. And I was like, is that rain? And I'm like looking out front. I'm like, there's no rain. Is yeah. it just raining behind me for like maybe ten minutes? And then that was it. And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, it was it, nuts. It, even when it's a little bit of rain comes, it hits the ground and immediately evaporates. We we had the baby in the front yard playing in like a like a sprinkler thing. Yeah. And I promise you, the ground was soaking up the water so fast that it the water wasn't even making it to the street. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. was no runoff. It all just soaked in because it's been it's so thirsty. Jeez. Yeah. Uh but Jeff, let's this 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 is you know, fun little vamping before we get started, but I think we're going to have a beefy conversation about Team and T Mutant Mayhem, the new uh, movie uh, from Nickelodeon that is currently in theaters. And before we get started, I just want to put this out there: there will be spoilers. Yeah, yeah, this is not a spoiler-free review, folks. Yeah, uh, there's there's really it's hard to talk about the movie without including pretty heavy spoilers. Um, if you've seen the movie, then this will be right up your alley. You might even enjoy this conversation if you haven't seen the movie, but just be aware that we're going to spoil it for you. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, Mutant Mayhem, what were your first impressions? So, you know, it's always, um, not, not sketchy, but like you always kind of worry about, you know, a new iteration or, Hey, they're rebooting this or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It was a familiar 
but also a fresh take on our Heroes in a Half Shell, um, which so many other iterations have been, 2K3, 2K12, Rise, um, you know, have just kind of changed things up a little bit here and there, but kind of always kind of staying true to that core, you know, element behind it. Um, I, I I was all smiles. You were sitting right next to me, uh, <laughs> but you were focusing on the movie. But like, I I, I was just I was enchanted, Sergio. Um, everything from the music, the acting, the art style had this wonderful like Muppet Jim Henson esque feel to it, while combining claymation and you know uh, street art spray paint mixed with chalk and just everything just kind of just a nice beautiful melting pot um of a film uh it was it was a a fantastic ride from beginning to end yeah yeah i'm kind of in the same boat like um it felt like a movie for modern film goers yeah uh in in that you know it, it 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 pandered to older turtles audiences way less than i expected it to mm-hmm. like there there were some nuggets here and there but for the most part it played it very straight uh yeah. and it felt like they wanted to establish the turtles as modern children mm-hmm. you know modern children who Probably listen to rap music. Probably are on Tic Tac. Tic Tac, Tic. Oh, get that Tic Tac on Tic Tac. Get some Tic Tacs. You know, uh, they have the attention span of you know a weasel. Like the these are very much teenagers, and they want to appeal to kids the age of seven to you know thirteen, and that is who this movie is written for, and that. Some people would, would, you know, would look at that and say, oh, well, that's that's a strike against it. In fact, I think that's two strikes for it. Right. You know, because when you establish a film in for that age group, you're creating a lifelong fan. Yeah. And I, I at, at no point during our viewing of the film did I ever feel like my demographic was alienated. Like you've got so many people just making early judgments and stuff. It's the same thing as rise. Oh, the designs are blah, 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 or this, it looks too kiddie. I was like, you need to go watch this freaking movie. Like it literally just like two K 12, it kind of envelops and engulfs everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also felt like a bit, while having lots of humor, but it was never like, I don't want to say over the top, like the, the humor came from the situations and the characters, which is exactly how you should do humor. Um, and it made it even freaking funnier, uh, than I was, I was expecting, but at not really any point did I ever feel like the, you know, Oh, these are annoying characters. Your typical annoying teens. Of course they do, stupid stuff but it wasn't it wasn't so much as like 
just really annoying teenage type behavior. Right. It, it, it's it, it's not annoying kid stuff. It is kid stuff that reminds you of your own youth. Yeah. It, it reminds you of, of hanging out with three of your best friends just being kids. Yeah. And when I say that they're, you know, they're not super pandery, it, like think about the, the, the turtles for, you know, personalities. Obviously you got Leo, the leader, Raphael, the, you know, the, the hothead, Donatello, the smart one, Michelangelo, the, the, the funny heart of the group. Mm-hmm. Those characteristics were there, but at no point other than the whole Leo being a leader thing, we were not beat over the head with any of them. No, we weren't. Yeah. You know, because this is the this is the first outing. So we're just kind of getting used to, um, you know, these characters and their personalities. Yeah. My- Michelangelo was not played super goofy, which is what I absolutely loved and what we need more of. Yeah. D- Donatello had his nerd glasses, but I wouldn't say he was a super genius tech guy. Yeah, he's still he was mine. just he was just into tech. Which is yeah. a much more realistic take on a nerdy teenager than suddenly this kid knows, I, I don't know, rocket science. Like, mm-hmm. you can be a smart kid but not be a rocket science, ro- rocket scientist. Yeah. Uh, Raphael's anger was not really – didn't really manifest as anger as much, more of, uh, more of a, a recklessness. Yeah. Because because even though he's supposed to be the hothead, he was still very playful in the movie, just like all of the turtles were. Mm-hmm. And and that may be something that they develop later in the TV shows or the uh, or the, the next movie. But him just having a reckless streak is a, a that's a a much more positive way to frame the core of real of Raphael's character. Yeah, because it's your typical older brother type thing. You know, you're 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 jock like, hey, let's just do this. You know, you've always got that character in those movies. Yeah. Just think, don't do or no, just do. Exactly. Don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, definitely down the line, like, you know, as we we get into, you know, when we eventually get to all of this other stuff, uh, once Hollywood kind of you know finds its middle ground, you know, with the the TV series is going to bridge the gap between uh, both movies. Um, you know, there, there could be a lot that happens in between them, like a lot of emotional stuff mm-hmm. um, that goes on that helps further develop these characters and, and, you know, going through growing pains and stuff as I'm sure that they will. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, especially where they're, they're kind of uh, signaling that the story is going, but let's not get to that quite yet. Yeah, I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, yeah, you, let's uh, for, um, for frame of reference. Yeah, I, let's um, let's talk about some of the the individual elements. You, you you touched on the the art style of the film, which has been one of the more contentious aspects of the film. There's a lot of people who say, "Oh, I hate it. Why is why are their head shapes so weird?" Blah 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 blah. You know, and of course. It, not liking the art style is an option. That's yeah. perfectly fine. There are art styles I don't like that other people like, so that's fine. I I don't think the art style gets in the way of anything in the movie. 
I loved it. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a unique way to tell a story visually. I don't know if I loved the art style during some of the action sequences. Yeah. Like a lot of the human characters, they're not, they're not pretty. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're, you know, they, they're, they're, they're pretty ugly looking. Um, but you know, it's a brand new style. Yeah, I mean it's a brand new art style, so you know it's it's something that we're not used to in animation, in the sense of of CGI, because you know primarily a lot of stuff has always been kind of, you know, smooth and clean, and it wasn't really until Spider Verse came along that it kind of just changed the whole game. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that's 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 very interesting. Um, but yeah, sometimes it just yeah, it doesn't work as much, but there's no denying that those fight sequences, like you could actually see the action, and I I loved that. There wasn't cameras moving all over the place and shaking and whatever. Like it's it's stabilized, and that's that's the type of action that I really really enjoy. Well, what I was gonna say about the action sequences is like you're you're not wrong. Like there is a lot of still camera stuff and a lot of action happening in the frame, but there were a- action points where the cuts were just fast enough that combine that with the art style. It took me a second to figure out what exactly was going on. Yes. Yes. I, I will. I can agree with that. And then by the time my eyes adjusted and I was like, what is exa- Oh, he's doing, they would cut to another, you know, another shot of it. And then of course it would flesh it all out. So I don't know if that's an editing issue or if they just, there are just some areas in those fight sequences that it was hard to cut around. I don't know. The fight sequences are fantastic and they kind of are their own character in the movie. Yeah. You can, the thing about this, like you could definitely tell that everyone that worked on this project was a fan, like on some level and really, really, you know, cared about the turtles and the fights. It was just for that, whether or not they had input from Jackie Chan. We'll get to that in a little while. Uh, or they just love watching Hong Kong films. Cause that's literally some of the best action you'll watch in any movies period. Um, so yeah. 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 Like, do we want to go ahead and talk about the Jackie Chan thing now? Cause we're talking about the mm-hmm. action sequences. I mean, we might as well. Because there was there's a very, very Jackie Chan esque scene with Splinter, like a solo fight between him and a bunch of unnamed goons. And he literally is using objects in the environment to just beat the crap out of them like Jackie Chan. It's 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 frame by frame. I mean, there's there's no denying that I was like sitting here. I'm like, what Jackie Chan movie am I going to watch when I get home? Yeah. Yeah. You know. A lot of the films that Jackie did uh, were for Golden Harvest, and Golden Harvest was involved with the three original live-action films. Yep. The action was satisfying. There was enough of it, and the way they used the, the turtles' weapons and their characteristics and their their in a 
inability to fight or their their inexperience. I loved seeing that. I really mm-hmm. liked seeing that because n- normally we've seen them like, oh, we know what they're you know the first movie it's it's the lights go out and they take out the thugs. And then, you know, so on and so forth. 2K3, that's the beginning fight. You always kind of see them well-established. And I really liked seeing them disorganized. Mm-hmm. And and then getting better as the movie goes. Like, there, there's a there's a whole montage there in, in the middle when they've decided we're going to fight crime that way. You know, we're, we're going to find, you know, Superfly that way. This, you know, this the, the humans love us. Like... There's a whole bunch of fight scenes there and a whole bunch of, of uh, montages where you see them get better. And this is a side of the turtles we don't ever get to see. We don't get to see them get better at fighting. They're just always already ninja. Also, we don't really see the turtles going out and seeking a fight very often. This is also very true. You know, they're not Batman. They're not. Detectives. Unless you're Raphael. <laughs> oh yeah, unless unless you're Raphael. Always looking for a fight. Uh, but yeah, they're not, they're not. This is a completely different side of them fighting in New York. Yeah. But somehow, it still felt genuine. Like it felt like it fit the characters. What else do you have to say about the action? I could have used some more nunchucks, Sergio. <laughs> They did it. They did it to me again. I I didn't get enough nunchuck action. Maybe it was well, just it, moving too fast for me to see. Well, look, it's still PG. Look, they've had more at nunchuck action on 2K12, uh, and and you know, and a chunk of Rise. You know, I'm like, I I need it. So there's a lot of notable voice acting in this, it, 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 like in this joint. And a lot of characters, a lot of known actors, a lot of there's just a lot when it comes to the voice acting in this thing. And you being the voice acting connoisseur that you are. Indeed. How did how did all of that bounce off of you? It was a lot better than I expected. Like, it's always kind of like that rule of thumb to always kind of keep the turtles kind of relatively unknowns. Mm hmm. Um in certain regards um uh everybody they cast for the turtles just nailed it like you know during the previews and stuff i was annoyed by donnie's high-pitched voice but i'm like as i got into the theater and started watching it it kind of it kind of grew on me as you start to kind of see their um their mannerisms and their characteristics and just how they, how they are. Um, so we kind of, I kind of, I, I, it's like settling into a nice, uh, you know, comfortable pair of pants. <laughs> Fresh okay. out of the dryer. You don't know if they're like, Ooh, they could be super tight. They could not be, but like, Oh wait, they fit just right. So it felt the voices felt, you know, just right. And, you know, it's always this thing about Hollywood in the like maybe the last 10, 15, maybe even 20 years when they do these animated movies, they always feel they need uh, a face to sell their film. And I'm like, they, they, you don't, it's all about the, the voice talent or at least that's the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
it's gotten progressively worse over the years, but not in this movie. Like, I think everybody did a really good job. Jackie Chan was just above and beyond, like, in this movie. Because, um, like, when you when you listen to interviews with him, I mean, he knows English, but it still, you know, gives him trouble. I didn't get any of that from, you know, whenever you hear him dubbing things. Like, I never get that. I, I'll agree. He did a fantastic job playing Splinter, except the fact that his accent doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. It makes I no mean, sense whatsoever. I mean, he's a rat from Hong Kong. What do you What do you want? He's not a rat over, from Hong, Hong Kong. He's a rat. He's just came a New over York on a rat. Sh- came over on a ship. They didn't, they didn't say that. They didn't even say he was a rat from Chinatown. I mean, they didn't not have to say it. So maybe 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 that'll make more sense, you know, in, you know, going forward and in future projects. It just it didn't logically make sense. Maybe because, you know, he watched a lot of uh, kung fu films. So that's probably how that started forming. But so did the turtles. Look like they were in the same environment. Look, look. I'm not saying he, he did a fantastic job. He did a Straight great job. Out in Chinatown in New York. You know, you uh, hear all that. Yeah, it's just, you know. He, uh, was around, he was around the Chinese people. I feel like they found a really nice balance with the voice acting in this movie. Did they get names? Yes, they absolutely got names. You know, you've got Rose Byrne. You've got Hannibal Burris. Uh, you've got... Post Malone, Seth Rogen, John Cena, like all of these names that people know that you can put on a poster and say they're doing this character. Right. But the heavy lifting, the emotional acting that they need done is being done by voice actors. Yeah. Like most prominently that being of, you know, Nicholas Cantu as Leonardo, because he's Gumball on the adventures of the uh, adventures of Gumball. Yeah, yeah. Like the, these these kids are hired for their voice. Mm-hmm. They're not hired because their name looks good on a on a poster. Yeah, like he has the most experience out of out of the four kids um, doing voice acting. Yeah, um, but they all they all nailed it. Like I I never felt any time like I'm like oh, you know, because sometimes you can just really tell like who's a bad voice actor. Like um. Peter Dinklage, fantastic actor, cannot voice act his way out of a paper sack. I, I, I'd be willing to say he's not a fantastic actor. He just plays that part in See, Game I'm of Thrones disagree. really well. He's disagree. not a very good actor overall. I disagree. But, but like, you're right. He is a horrible voice actor. It's so bad. What was it? Destiny? They had to replace him with Nolan North. I'm just going to say it right now. There's too many characters in this movie. There, there are, are too, many mutants. too many characters. Uh, I, I get that that was kind of the theme. It's like, oh, there's a bunch of mutants. Yay. But there's just too many of them. Like, Genghis Frog had, what, maybe four lines the entire movie? Something like that, yeah. If that, it's, just, it's just way too many. Like, I feel like that they could have kind of focused on maybe like four or five, maybe even six. You know, like 
Superfly have he's got his muscle, Bebop and Rocksteady, and you know, and a couple of others. And I'm going to argue, remove Bebop and Rocksteady. You drop Bebop and Rocksteady. I know those are names. You kind of want them to be in there so you can sell figures, but their story doesn't really make sense with the the, the history of the characters. By the end of this movie, they're good guys. That that did not sit well with me at all. Yeah, like they're supposed That's like to making be making Megatron a good guy. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. All Don't of these other that. all these other characters that you know that you're pulling have either been good guys in the past, or their allegiance is kind of neutral, or whatever. Like, there's a lot more wiggle room with a Mondo Gecko than there is with Rocksteady. Like, save those two. You, they should have saved those two. Uh, like, I, I hate to put it this way, but like they did with the Michael Bay movies. Like, save them. Uh, that would have cut down on the number of voice actors. It would have given the other mutants a bit more time to, to, to a bit more room to breathe. Like, I, I don't remember, other than being able to fly, I don't think I remember anything about Wingnut. Yeah. Except that she's a lady. Yeah, or Leatherhead. Like, yeah, I think look, we're always used to Wingnut and Leatherhead being dudes. You know, whether it be cheesy Cajun accent voice for Leatherhead or or not, I just those voices just did not fit those characters. Like Rose eh, Byrne, I love that her. Didn't bother me at all. I mean, it's not like. I'm not being like, oh, rubble, rubble, rubble. I was like, no, it's in the sense of like the, the, the voice swap just didn't, didn't make sense for me at all because we're so used to male voices from those characters. Well, more so Leatherhead than Wingnut because what we got Wingnut in like what one show. Yeah. Yeah. Wingnut would have been an easier swap. Yeah. Um, I was like, just, make new characters for them to voice. Like it was just jarring for me. Cause it's like, when I think crocodile, I don't think, I don't think Rose Byrne. Yeah. That's, that's the only one that I was like, they could have like, it would have made more sense for maybe Genghis frog, maybe to be a girl, except that's a, that's a boy's name, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, again, fundamentally I'm fine with any, any of the changes, executionally i don't know if that's a word i feel like the leatherhead is the one that is kind of the the big outlier here does that make sense yeah um but i enjoyed the designs of the characters i enjoyed the usage of most of the characters like whenever they would pop on screen and do their little you know mutant thing uh, to help out during the final battle like that that hit hard like that that worked so there's too many characters, but I don't feel like any of them are misused. You know, I, I yeah. enjoyed all, all of their all the inclusion of all of them. Yeah. Um, I kind of really didn't dig Ray Filet too much. <laughs> you, you mean Post Malone? <laughs> oh, God, it's kind of annoying. Like, especially when you see his other design. Oh, like, really? That's what we get. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I I don't think it made much sense for Ray Follet's character. Like, 
a singing man ray or yeah, a singing stingray doesn't. I guess it's a sing ray. Yeah. But I, I I don't know how that makes sense. But I thought it was hilarious. So yeah. it, so it worked for me. Uh oh. And speaking of, of of voice actors and people guesting in this movie, my son was very adamant that I mention that not only did he come to the movie and watch it with us, but he heard Mr. Beast's voice before he read Mr. Beast's name in the credits for like all of two seconds that he was. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's in the film for like two to four seconds. And, uh, Lucas said that's, he actually, my son is Lucas. He, uh, (laughs) waited to the credits to see if he could verify it was Mr. Beast, which that's a very me move. So good for him. Yeah. Nice. Let's go ahead and let's talk about one of the, of course, the more controversial parts of the movie. And that is April O'Neil. Yeah. I'm going to go first on this one. Okay. Uh, The actress that does her voice. I love her. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's on she's on the bear. Uh, she's she's on um, Abbott Elementary every once in a while. Like she's she's fantastic at specifically at comedic acting. And I feel like she did a great job playing April in this movie. Oh, she was fantastic. She nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the timing on all the lines. The, she was funny. She she's kind of the character that carries the plot the most. Because she's the one who gives them the task of, you know, taking out Superfly or at least puts them on the puts them on the trail to, to you know, to the end of the movie. Yeah. I, I, how do I say this? They don't do anything. With the changes they made for the character. And I think that's the point. But I, I'm going to go back to what I said a couple episodes ago. Like, why are we poking the bear without a reason to poke the bear? In in what regard? Like, I am 100% fine with her being a a larger African-American woman. Or, in this case, teenager. I'm fine with it. Like, if that's the, if that's the character you want to write, write that character. But I don't feel like they wrote that character. I feel like they just wrote... April and then did a palette swap that also was a weight swap. Does that make sense? Like there's like a tiny explosion in my mind. I was like, I totally didn't even think about that. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, is like the, the progressive reason to do that, to make that change is it doesn't matter what color April O'Neil is. Like in the end, you're going to write April O'Neil and then she could be any any number of different races. But when changing someone's race is going to cause enough of a ripple in the fandom Mm -hmm. that it could cost you significant money, the change may not be worth the impact you're trying to make. Right. Like they... And it's, I mean, it's very, it's very sound reasoning. Like it's like you've got, if you've got well-established like characters that are white, like, 
uh, Jimmy Olsen. And all of a sudden, you know what? We're going to make we're going to make Jimmy black and he's going to look like a supermodel. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Jimmy's always been this short, nerdy kid. And I'm like, that's a stretch. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best example that I can give you. And and actually, that's in that sentence. I have a bigger issue with him being a supermodel, like looking like a supermodel. Yeah, because then you're fundamentally changing the essence of the character. You're not just doing a race swap, you know. Right. I mean, it was still would have been fine if he was like a, you know, short, nerdy, you know, black guy. That would have been fine. But like Jimmy don't have all these muscles. It doesn't have like. <laughs> You know, I mean, he didn't have bad teeth, but I'm like, dude, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. And if you look at, you know, the classic Aprils of the past, like there's not a – yes, she's white. By definition, she's white. But there's not a characteristic that she carries that is uniquely white. Yeah. Like So basically what you're saying, even though that she was – black in the film she still acted white yeah she was basically the same character just with a palette swap yeah and while that does send a specific message of a you know anyone can be april o'neill it also discounts the fact that you hired a fantastic black actress to, to to you know play her and she basically looks like her but like you know not large yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to be nice. I'm not, you yeah, know, yeah. And not being trying any kind of way. I was just like, I'm, I that was one aspect of the film I just didn't like. Now look, I don't want our fans to get the wrong idea. It, it was too much of a, a jarring change. Like maybe they tried to do it to kind of represent, you know, representation the is the answer. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The the every girl. You know, and not just the, you know, Barbie sized, you know, stereotype that has been perpetuated throughout all of, (laughs) you know, film and TV and magazine, you know, Mm -hmm. dumb, you know, 100 percent of media for the past 100 years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, is the actress fantastic? 100 percent. Yeah, it's like it's it's a weird conversation to have because I, I I don't want personally I don't want it to feel like I'm against the idea of doing this. I right. just don't know if they got what they wanted out of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the, <laughs> the and I'm not often very crass on this show, and I'm gonna try to say this without being crass, but. If this April is the one that encourages them to not make her ninja, oh. then I am 400% on board. Yeah. Was, it, was that, was that, um, I kind of had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, and I, and I stand by that. Like, let's talk about the origin story. Cause okay. We have yet another, like, pile this on top of yet another version of the origin story. Yeah. It does share some characteristics with previous origin stories, uh, but there are some key parts missing to it. Mm -hmm. Like, 
there is no connection, or at least they haven't revealed any connection, between Splinter and the Foot Clan or the Shredder. The ooze that transforms our, our heroes was created by Baxter Stockman, not not uh, aliens or Krang. Uh, and in, instead of the turtles being carried by, you know, a, a kid on the road and then he's hit by the canister and then he drops the thing like the canister just falls into the sewer where it finds the four turtles. I, I, I'm fine with all of the origin changes here. Yeah. Like, they all logically make sense. Uh, we do need to talk about the whole ninjutsu thing, but <laughs> but the the mutant aspect of this makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it's especially the, the Splinter being a, a, a rat that has basically been spooked uh, or has been mistreated by humans his whole life, and now he has reason to be a, a hermit underground. And that's how he's raising his children, which is probably the most crucial plot point in the whole movie. Oh, indeed. So the way that they use that origin to serve service, the end of the movie is that's, that's good filmmaking. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? So, the whole like it makes sense for like hey if we ever have to run into humans you need to defend yourself and <laughs> and how do you make how do you how do you learn martial arts well you first you need to learn how to you know karate rap that's the most important <laughs> thing of all and then you know learning martial arts from you know martial arts films you kind of briefly get a glimpse at Jackie Chan. Like mm -hmm. it's fast. And I'm like, they should have been a little bit more on the nose. It probably would have cost extra in the budget just to get licensed footage. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting and unique. I, I love the whole montage and stuff. Um, not everybody's going to like that, but I think for the essence of the story, it absolutely makes sense. Like, and it's a very fatherly thing for him to do. Like, you need to learn how to defend yourself just in case. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. I think that really fits with the story, um, you know, just in general. And it's adorable seeing that whole sequence of him taking care of them as they grow up and turtle tots. And I'm like, this is fun. Like, I, I really like the aspect of like, Hey, I put the kids to bed. That doesn't matter. And I'm going to go sleep over here. That doesn't matter. Cause they're going to come over there anyway, you know? And that's those little extra touches. Yeah. Um, was really nice to see. Cause you don't really, you didn't really get to see any of that. And I don't recall like any other iteration like that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they crammed a lot of of uh story and establishing lore into the the you know the what it might have been three minutes of footage yeah for their origin but they covered a lot of ground and they set up a lot of dominoes for the end of the movie yeah that was not a pizza pun nope pizza hut not dominoes uh <laughs> um 
I feel like they did a better job of justifying the ninja training than the Michael Bay movies did. Oh, definitely. The Platinum Dunes movies, I'm sorry. Uh, because basically Splinter just stumbled upon a book of ninjutsu in the sewers, and that just... What does that even mean? Um, yeah. Showing them with access to all of the... You know, the... the, the Hong Kong uh, ninja... F- what, what is it? What are they called? Kung Fu films. Kung Fu films. That's the word. You can tell I'm not a Kung Fu guy. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It it worked really, really well. I wasn't even expecting to get an origin. I don't know why. I, we knew that Turtle Tots were in the movie. So I guess I was just... I had my blinders on there. But I did not expect to get a full origin. Yeah. You know, I, I was expecting like a Spider-Man homecoming situation where we've had enough of these things. We don't need another one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But in, in this case, the origin of the turtles is directly related to the origin of the villain and all of the other mutants in the film. So they weren't just setting up the origin of their titular characters. They were also setting up the plot of the movie. So it, it, it again, they, they were able to cover so much ground in such a short amount of time and it all makes sense and be impactful. No, really no complaints there. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'm gonna let you pick out a topic now, Jeff. Oh, um, music, music. Oh, okay. Mute. Jeff, you go first. Just, absolutely just nailed it with the with with the the score and the the the, just the the your your standard music selections um jazzed me up it was it was again just like the plot and everything fresh but familiar um who did the uh the music for the film score Mm -hmm. yeah that was trent reznor and atticus ross chef kiss yeah oh yeah yeah they they got some professionals jeff indeed they did arguably the best scorers in all of hollywood um yeah that i was very pleased with the score i was very very pleased with Uh, i also enjoyed the use of music like the needle drops throughout the film Mm -hmm. what i didn't like was it didn't feel like a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. I was wondering when you were going to get around to that. Yeah. Because I, I noticed the same thing. Yeah. it's And that's fine. Like, we were given expectations, and those were not met. However, had we never been given those expectations, I'd be fine with where the music ended up. Right. Uh, but you can't just call your shot and then fail to hit a home run. Yeah, like when when we say, you know, when we say Tony Hawk, we think grunge music, you know, stuff like that, punk. A uh, lot of punk, yeah. yeah Maybe some punk, ska. But, yeah. But there was uh there was way more hip hop. And again, that's not a bad thing, but it's like y- you got to mix some stuff in there. You know? Ah, and I disagree. I, I think it's a really smart move going majority hip hop. Well, yeah, because hip hop just really 
fits for the turtles. But it, it would be nice to have it kind of mixed up a little bit. Like, it, it fits for the Turtles, it fits for New York, the birthplace of hip-hop, and it makes sense that they would, like, of all of the music genres in the world, that's the one that the Turtles are most familiar with, because it's probably constantly in the background, you know, if you're living in the New York sewers. Um, and on top of that... In 2023, hip-hop is pop music. So if you're creating a movie for the children, you're going to want them to – you're going to want to include music that they're going to they're gonna dig, and that is hip-hop music. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. It, it's the one that makes the most sense. There is There was one song in the middle that was used to great effect that was not hip-hop. Well, what was it? It was that Four Non Blonde song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's it? What's it? What's going on? Not what, what's up? That's the song. What's up? Like yeah. that song can be one of the most annoying songs ever, but it's also one of the best songs ever. It it kind of rides that line, and then how they used it both with the characters and in the score. Again, Chef Kiss. Yeah. It 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 really it really showed that they weren't scared of doing comedy that wasn't just set up and joke. So yeah, the, the, the music was good. The music was good. Uh, I want to talk about Ice Cube as Superfly. Okay. I don't know if Ice Cube has ever played Ice Cube as well as he played Ice Cube in this movie. Because yeah. he was not Superfly. He was just Ice Cube. The only thing he didn't include was like really, really profane profanity. Yeah. He threw a lot of hells and a lot of dams, but otherwise it was just him in Friday. It really was. Yeah, so I, I, th- that's a situation where you hire the actor you want because that's what you want the the character to sound like. Uh, and I liked it. I, I, I like Ice Cube as a bad guy. I do too. Like, he was a really good fit. Um for that character and he seemed to have a lot of fun with it too yeah yeah and it like this of course seth seth rogan is a, is a producer on it it sounded like and this this just this we can probably find out in special features on the you know blu-ray when it comes out but like i feel like there was some improv happening yeah in in some of the in, in some of the the, the line reads because a lot of that stuff Ice Cube was saying, you're not going to write that for Ice Cube. It's just going to pop out of his mouth. Yeah, along with other uh, seven, uh, I counted seven curse words. Yes, if if damn and hell count as curse words, there were at least seven, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's way more than uh, the 90s movie, so... Uh, yep. Yeah. It, it I was like I was not expecting that, you know. We let with it we let one go in the Rise movie. We have maybe a, I can't remember if there's been a few in the Batman uh, Turtles movie. It's been a while since I've watched it, but there's there's a couple, yeah, yeah. There's a few in there, but, but we that's don't. A, but that's a PG-13 movie. Well, yeah, but I mean we typically don't get that. And I was like, oh, eh, don't swear words. All right. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. 
And it was funny sitting next to you every single time there was a dam, you, your finger would pop up. It's like, that's four. That's five. <laughs> that's six. <laughs> it was nice. It, it, nice. it was nice. Keeping, yeah. Keeping that going. It, it, that, oddly enough, felt like a callback. It did. Be- because and I explained that to, to Lucas as we were leaving the movie. I was like, in the 90s, in the first Turtles movie, Raphael says, damn. And it was the coolest thing on the planet when I was seven years old. Yeah. You know, the, the turtle just said a wordy dirt in my movie. So Ice Cube just being able to kind of go off the rails with hells and dams is really fun. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, plot. We haven't really talked too much about the plot. And what it comes down to is Superfly is a, you know, super smart bad guy who is building a machine that's going to mutate all of the the entire world, the entire world using mutagen or ooze, I guess. And he's got a mutant army. Uh, they include, of course, all the mutants we talked about before. And April is investigating because she is she wants to be an investigative journalist when she grows up. She is firmly in high school. This, there's no question as to how old she is. She's in high school and she is a loser. Uh, and she stumbles upon, the, you know, the, her and the Ninja Turtles kind of stumble upon each other because they accidentally get her bike stolen. And from there, they become friends. And, and that's kind of where the plot kicks off. She tells them what's going on and they say, hey, we we really want to become cool with humans we're like we want to hang out up here and there's there's a way for us to do that it's probably by being heroes and that's what sets them on the journey right uh i'm not going to go through the entire plot but to, you know towards the end right as they realize they're going to have to drop their want to become normalized like that, that that's what they the revelation that they come to is they're never going to love us. We're freaks. It doesn't matter how good we are. Now we just have to do this because we are actual heroes. Yeah. Not a not a tit for tat situation, but an actual personal sacrifice situation, which is really where the movie turns from being just a kid's fun romp into like a powerful emotional thing. It, it does kind of tread in the water of Saturday afternoon, you know, special or whatever I mean, afternoon special. It's like you need to be a good person, not because you want something, but because you should be a good person. But the presentation that they that they wrap that in is very much in the vein of like. How do I put it? Let's let's put this in a in, I guess, back to the future terms, the first back to the future movie. Marty is very like his by the end of the movie, he gets all the good stuff that he liked or all the all the good stuff happens to him because of what he did. He doesn't learn a lesson. There's not any really any personal growth in Back to the Future. It's an 80s movie. He's the hero. So the good things happen to him at the end. In this movie, the personal growth had to happen for the characters to actually get what they wanted in the end. Does that make sense? 100%. Awesome. 
yeah. So so yeah, they they do end up being accepted, and unlike any turtles media before, this movie ends with them going to high school. Blew my freaking mind. Yeah. Like which? What? <laughs> now, which, now look, there's been some shorts which they went to school undercover, and then in Rise, Donatello was like, "This is a great place. I love it here." I think, or did he yeah. sneak in? It's been a while since I've watched that episode, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, but nothing like this. Yeah. Them just, just full on integrating into, to, to your regular high school is a wild idea that we've really never even come close to. Not one, not one bit. Like uh, the, the closest has been the eighties cartoon in the sense of them just, walking around in the daytime true and just being being around yeah like, you know you're ninjas just stealth <laughs> but <laughs> but that also makes them a, a huge target so i think that will play heavily later on like i don't know i don't know like you don't i, I I don't even know what I want them to do with it. All I know is that they have set up a, a universe where they can tell turtles stories that have never even come close to being told before. And I'm 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 here for all of that. Like I'm there. There's so many times that like you know, yes, a lot of us are somewhat resistant to change, unless it's like okay, let's see where I'm going with this. The Platinum Dunes films. A you know, good example, um, if you guys remember um, from our movie uh, episode where we teamed up with Keith of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour, uh, he told us that Kevin Eastman asked the director, well, why do you want to direct this movie? And he was like, well, I want a yacht because Michael Bay has one. Like, that's the wrong reasons. And we discovered <laughs> the results of that and that's definitely not the case when it comes to this film yeah when it comes to i don't think i've seen this level of passion in a turtles movie probably since the original 90s film or or 2007 maybe yeah. batman turtles too like in the sense of like hey i want to make a great turtles movie i that bet i know we're not talking about the batman turtles movie I don't I don't want to say that doesn't count, but most of that movie is fitting the puzzle pieces of the two franchises together. It, it's yeah. hard to say there's a lot of passion there. It's more of a an acrobatic show. You know, you're right to say the, the first movie, the 2007 movie and this movie like these those three movies are on a different level for me. Yeah. Uh, and. There clearly was a lot of passion put into this. There was a lot of confidence behind the story they were telling because a lot of risks were taken in order to make this a prestige film. And it has paid off. The majority from what I've seen online, people are embracing it. They're loving it. They're taking their kids. They're taking their teenagers. They're taking their adult kids. Everybody going having a good time. <laughs> and then you've got 
what did you say the other day? The Cowaboomers? Ca- Cowaboomers. Uh, the, the, all, the, the gatekeepers that cannot move past. Oh, well, you know, if it's, if they're not wearing red masks, it's not canon. Or, you know, I was like, you know, no, 87, uh, cartoon or die. And you know, I was like, just stop. Just, just yeah. stop. Yeah. Stop we've, being toxic. We've already talked about this. Just we've, let, we've talked people... about Mario Kart theory on this show before. And the turtles, of course, fall into Mario Kart theory, and that is the first Mario Kart you play is your favorite Mario Kart. That's kind of how the turtles are. Like, if you were eight years old when 2K3 came out, your favorite version is probably 2K3. And it's going to be very hard for you to move on from that because it's so fiercely tied to nostalgia. And that's how kids' shows work. Because one thing that's that's been shared uh, on the Internet a lot the past three or four days is where this film sits on Rotten Tomatoes. As of right now, I'm trying to pull up its current Rotten Tomatoes score. Last I checked, it was neck and neck, both 90 percent something. Yeah, it is currently 96 percent on the tomometer, tomometer, tomometer. The tomonomity, tomonomity, um, Sorry. Uh, and the audience score is 94. Ooh, it dropped a couple of percentage. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's 96 and 94, which both of those are absurdly high numbers. Yeah, that's really nice to see, even though I don't put stock in Rot Tomatoes. One bit. I don't go on critic scores and stuff for my entertainment and my enjoyment. Like, watch it for yourself. And if you love it, like if you like the movie Meg, that cheesy shark movie that gets bad reviews, it's dumb fun. If you like it, go ahead. Well, go ahead. The the tomometer the, the is not a measurement of whether you'll like it. Eh. That's not what it's measuring. Still. It's giving a consensus, something that there already is. The consensus is already a thing on whether or not a movie is good that is out there. Rotten Tomatoes just applies a number to it. Yeah. Um, is like, is this movie great? Yes. Yes. 100 percent. Is it 96 percent on Rotten Tomatoes great? I don't know about that. Would you go higher or lower? I would go lower. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because saying it's 96 gives it very it gives you very little room to improve. You want to go? It's like, how do you get better than 96? percent You know, 93. I I would say 85. Uh, 85. 85. Oh, that's 85. a good. That's a good year. <laughs> Like, 85's a great Rotten Tomatoes score. I mean, you you could have scored even more points if you'd gone 87. <laughs> or 84. Yes. Yeah, 84. See what, Fine. Let's, if, let's, and let's, if, I see if, what you're doing, yes. If those of you get it, you get it. We love you <laughs> for getting that. Uh, yeah. No, okay, then I'm going to change mine. 84. 84, I think would it would feel more more like a right number. You know, like this movie has like because when I think 
animated movies targeted at children. And I think top tier, I think Pixar. Okay, because Pixar movies are not only fantastic children's movies, they're also emotional art pieces in in, Uh, in most cases. Yeah, and I also think Spider-Verse. Spider, yes. Yeah. And as good as this movie is, as funny as it is, as well as it's put together, as well as it's acted, I don't think it has the emotional punch that deserves a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got its moments. It does. It does. For sure. Um, but but it's but it's not. It's not a tour de force when it comes to emotional impact. Well, I mean, it's still their freshman year. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll, and and, and we'll the, this this isn't me trashing the movie at all. Again, it is a great movie. Go see it. I fully support the the, the Seth Rogen like reboot the beginning of our, our of our uh, phase four rollout here. But this to this Rotten Tomato score is bonkers to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, is this movie as good as Toy Story, Jeff? Ooh. I, yeah, I don't think so. I think so. No. I, I guess I should ask you, is this movie great? It is 100 percent. That didn't make sense. One hundred percent great. <laughs> it is shellhead certified. It is. Oh, yeah, I, I'd great. be willing to do that. It's fantastic. You slap some like shellhead certi- certified stickers, like shellhead seal of approval stickers, <laughs> and it like and it, it just be your face with thumbs up. Yeah, like a green thumb. Give it a green thumbs up. Yeah. Don't paint your thumbs, but, you know, do it in post. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, it's yeah. it's a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, and a, as I said, it it doesn't – it's not patronizing. No. It, like, when I think of movies based on previous properties, uh, obviously I think of, like, Marvel and I think Star Wars and and of course you have to think Turtles and I bring those three up specifically because when it comes to patronizing your audience all three of them are doing it very differently because Avengers Endgame kind of lives on the perfect little hill of being its own thing and also serving as fan service right Star Wars is kind of swimming in its own sewage of fan service right now. Yeah, depending. Like it there's so much of it that is so bad because they feel like they have to, you know, walk up to every fan and shake their hand and say, "You remember this, huh?" Huh? Right. This movie, I think th- the filmmakers just kind of assumed we're talking to a fresh audience. Because there are very few winks and nods to previous Turtles things. They're there. I'm not saying they're not there, but they're not slapping you in the face with it. Yeah. Which I greatly appreciate. As much fun as, oh, look at that. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah, that's for me. Like, as much fun as those things are, they're fleeting and they don't add to the movie long term. 
Yeah, like the most blatant ones, which I, I, I think we have to talk about. Um, uh, Eastman High. Eastman High, yeah. And the Laird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess is it the apartment complex or a, like, a, uh, like a building or a hotel or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, those are the most blatant. Apart from like anime references, I I, I didn't see much. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's there's anime references here and there. There's uh, like turtles being milked. Like, ah, that's not a callback. Like, they always so... go to the milking. They don't have nipples. Yeah, like there's so many fresh things in this movie that it, it it they're not leveraging turtles lore in so many ways, and I love it. Put my yeah. favorite characters into new situations and see how they behave. And it's 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 so it's executed so perfectly to where, like you said, it's not pandering to a group, but it's. It, it's fresh but familiar, mm-hmm. you know, especially with, you know, the designs of the turtles and the, the belt buckles. That's very 87. Um, you know, it, it, but but it but it's also some dumb stuff that teenagers would do. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's not just a, a callback. It is. It fits the characters that they're trying to write. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going to go see it again this weekend. More than likely. That's probably going to happen. I have movie pass, so I could go see this thing three days in a row and not have to pay an extra dollar. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the future. The future. The future. Uh, they've announced the two seasons of a TV show. And it's already had a second film greenlit. Way before it even hit theaters. Yeah. So... You know, the the amount of money that they're putting into marketing, that they're putting into merchandise, they're putting into promoting the film, uh, you know, they they really must have seen like early projections, like for ticket sales and stuff like that. And the rollout, they're just like they just have tremendous amount of confidence. And it, so far, it's doing extremely well. And this is just the first week. I'm going to have to kind of correct you there. Correct me. I see no signs that it's doing phenomenally well. The, the, the weekend will really tell us that. As of today, it's made like $18 million. I thought I saw 80 No, sir. Uh, that might be what it's projected to make this weekend oh, based, yeah, yeah, based yeah. on preliminary numbers. Uh, I don't like 80 is not a bad number, but – that's not a runaway, you know, hit. Yeah. Uh, I know in in a perfect world, this would make a billion dollars worldwide. I'm sure that's what Paramount wants it to do. It's good enough to. It, it just it's you kind of have to have a perfect storm of, of situations to do that. In In comparison, Barbie, which has been out for like three weeks now is making it's still making 10 million dollars a day wow okay so i'm i don't even think turtles is going to win the weekend we'll see yeah and it, like it 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 not winning the weekend does not mean it's not a success it does not mean that we should panic but 
I don't think we should expect it to win the weekend. It might even come in third. As long as it makes back the budget and yeah. more so, you know, I, I, I think it just check back with us. Cause I, I, I think we're going to be in for a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'm sure it'll make its budget back. Yeah. It looks like the production budget was $70 million. It'll get, it'll get that. And it, Nickelodeon is probably making enough money across the board on all of the different, you know, things that are in stores right now with turtles faces on them. Oh, 100%. That's how they're that, making their cash. Yeah. <laughs> all the merchandise. Right. This movie could have probably bombed and still made quite a profit just from that stuff. Uh, it does. It's not going to bomb. It's going to be fine. Uh, I think, I don't think there's a situation where the TV show and the movie get canceled. Yeah. Simply because of the 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 attention this one has gotten. The television show, I think, is going to end up being Turtles in High School. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I think that's how they're going to bridge the gap between movies one and two is here's a bunch of weird Turtles going to New York high school tales. Uh, that would create a way for them to not have to dive deep into the original voice cast of the movie. They could keep it at mostly the turtles and their fellow, you know, high school friends. I mean, they'd probably keep the four turtles and maybe, maybe Jackie Chan. Yeah. I feel like those are the ones that are kind of the most, like at at the top of the list that they kind of have to keep. Yeah. Uh, but like you could easily write an entire season of the show with those four vo- or those five voices, April and fellow high schoolers and not have to worry about any of the other mutants. Yeah. And just do your traditional like they 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 do a lot of times if they do TV shows based off you know movie properties uh, like like Puss in Boots, for example, they'll just recast. Like, what was it? Eric, Eric Bauza replaced Antonio Banderas. I was like, wait, they replaced him. It sounded perfect. <laughs> you know, and or uh, didn't they didn't they do a, um, a Kung Fu Panda TV series? And they replaced Jack Black. But I'm like, why don't you just get Jack Black? Because Jack Black is expensive. Well. You know what I mean, though? Like, you don't get James Hong, but. Oh, Jack Black? Like. If if these seasons are 26 episodes, everyone is getting recast. If these seasons are like 10 to 13, I can see some people coming back. But I don't see them paying any movie stars. Well, no. Well, with the exception of, you know, the Turtles. And probably April. And, and within the next two years, who knows? Any one of these Turtles could become a bigger actor. Oh, they'd still want to do it. Yes, and the you don't know that. Hey, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're under contract, but you don't know that. And like the the actress who plays April O'Neil is, I think she's nominated for an Emmy. Still, which means that her like the cost to hire her just skyrocketed. Well, we'll see. They got that budget. They get that all that merchandise. They're selling them turtle cereals and them cakes. That, that's that's not how business works, Jeff. Hey. That's hey. that's that is just because we have the extra money doesn't we're gonna be mean we're gonna use it for anything that goes to money the shareholders man merchandising 
that goes to the shareholders. Well, it can. Uh, I got yeah. no clever. I got no clever joke. <laughs> I don't think we see the shredder till the second movie. Oh, we letting that out of the bag? I told you we were going to spoil this movie. Yeah. And I'm tired of people referring to that as an after credit sequence. It is not a post credit sequence. It is a mid credit sequence. Stop telling people to stay till the end of the movie. I don't. I didn't tell anybody to stay till the end. I'm of not. The movie. This is like, me, hey, this is me talking to the world. After that first credit roll, stay, folks. Yeah, yeah. Like there is, there's the designer credit roll that is kind of the the you know industry standard now. At the end of that, there is a significant, significantly sizzly shredder, you know, introduction. Yeah. But don't stay till the end of the credits. Just leave. There's nothing afterwards. Nothing. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the Shredder till the second movie. Well, yeah, I mean, that's probably a given. I, I, I don't think he shows up in the cartoon. Uh, what do you think of that reveal? And, wh- and what do you think they're going to do with the Shredder? My internal self was like, ooh. <laughs> um, like, I had seen some stuff online, like the, like the latest poster, and it showed like I was like, is that a I was like, is that like spray paint foot insignia? And I was like, looked at the windows and there's like some shadows and stuff I'm like, is this Foot Clan people? I was like, are they going to put because they kind of teased it like, I mean, coming in so early into all this, like they're just going to get wrecked. I mean, hard if he's in that second movie and they just go all out like they're they'll be near death because they're nowhere near on that skill level like even in the first movie when they first fought him well that's they got that's a, that's assuming it's the same the same version of shredder that we've always seen yeah i mean our our, our bud russ he um he seems to think that the shredder is going to be a mercenary i hope not I hope not. I don't. I don't like that. I'm like, no. We had fur, foot mercs in those Platinum Doom movies, and that was just dumb. I don't know. I want to keep that. Make it traditional. Keep, why, why? Why? Like that makes honestly, mercenary makes more sense than Ninja Clan. If we're if we're talking logic and New York City, the Foot Clan being a a mercenary group led by a you know Japanese ninja leader you know like they're not stealing things they're not, they're just there to be mercenaries which is i mean which is a more honorable job than petty thief i mean okay well you put it like that like i just i get to get the flashbacks of like foot soldiers with guns and i'm like no no I mean, if they're laser guns, that's fine. But just like, no, don't call them foot soldiers. They're not ninjas. They're supposed to be ninjas. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna immediately say no to the Merc thing, as long as they make it work. Make 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 work. it make sense. To get that the Merc that can I, work. I'm I'm more concerned with the the lack thereof of a connection between Splinter and Shredder. Yeah, that connective tissue 
that connective tissue has always kind of been crucial. And yeah. they didn't even hint that there was any in this movie. So where do you, how do you make this as interesting as a traditional turtle story? That's a very, very good question. It's a very interesting question. Yeah. And I'm not saying it can't be done. It's just you're you're kind of starting your movie with a handicap. Yeah. Knowing that you can't if, if that's what because th- th- there is still room that they could establish something, you know, but who knows? Uh, it. I'm glad there was no shredder in this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, we we look, we love the shredder. We all love the shredder. But when you put him in like. What? A hundred freaking episodes of a show where he's always the main villain. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it gets kind of it gets kind of old. I'm like, let's let's get some new stuff going. Yeah. Let's let's have something different. I'm like, yes, you know, he is. I don't want to say the Darth Vader of the franchise. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he is, he is though. Yeah. So like, change it up. I mean. They couldn't even do the 2007 movie without somewhat mentioning mm-hmm. the Shredder. Um, but at least in this movie, they said kill instead of hurt. <laughs> Stupid. Sorry, I'm never going to let that go. Kill them fools. That's exactly how Superflies. Like, kill them fools. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, when, when Shredder pops up in the mid-credit sequence, I... Yeah, I was sitting right next to you. Yeah. And you saw I was pleased. I was pleased. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a shredder guy. Well, sure, whatever, you know. It had an effect, and I feel like it's in the right hands. I'm just very concerned. Yeah, we'll see. I'm yeah. sure they'll pull something off pretty nice. Well, we've been talking about this movie for quite a while, Jeff. We have. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we... uh? wrap this up the movie just made me happy like (laughs) i was i was a little worried some of the design choices and stuff and some of the some of the stuff that was in the movie just kind of like i was like i don't mm, i don't like that i don't want to say anything i know we spoiled a lot but there's there's like one big thing i'm not going to talk about so you all can see for yourself um but it it kind of it, it kind of scratched all the itches like i you know i'm a big uh japanese cinema and tv fan and so like seeing the, the you know the giant kaiju moments was was really cool um there's just there's so much that went on in this and like one of my favorite moments is 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 donnie learning how to drive he's like you Drive really well. There's a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you say, Forza? Playing a lot of Forza. Forza, or, Forza Horizon, yeah. Yeah, I was like, see that that totally checks out. I was like, video games coming in handy, boss. You know, and uh, I I really liked that moment. Um, and I love I love the the pizza van. That was really really cool. Oh, the pizza van, like. I I was concerned that there was going to be some shoehorned like, oh, here's a van that Donnie tricked out. Brr, like they usually do. 
but them stumbling onto a pizza delivery van and that's what they use. Yeah, that's pretty great. It's perfect. Perfect. I liked it a lot. Yeah, there's there's so much of it that was just so beautifully executed. And like, like I said, it's like, you know, when I was reading some early stuff, they're like, you're there's no slowdowns. Like there's no, there's there's, there's, there's stuff going on. Um moments like when they're uh they're they're tailing the, the people that took April's uh was it mo drive a moped? Yeah. It was a moped. Um and they you know, they take them out and then she shows up and they're trying to hide. I'm like <laughs> Like I can see you hanging from that motor, and I'm like, I love, I love that because it's, it's always, why do they automatically always know how to fight, you know? And I like that, that freshness. That this is freshman, this is mutant mayhem freshman year. Yep, that's exactly what this is. Yep, and it was, it was treated so very well. Um, just go get some popcorn, have a good time. I give Dude. it five out of five, like large pepperoni slices. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, for me, it was refreshing to be sitting in a theater watching a genuinely great Turtles movie. I, I the feelings I was getting felt very similar to the feelings I had when, when I was watching TMNT, the 2007 movie. As did I. Yeah, you know, almost like because because when I I my headspace wise, I, I'm in the same headspace when it comes to turtles as I was in 2007. It's I'm a huge fan. I hope this movie's good. And then when you walk out, you feel like they made that for me. Yeah, you know, they put all of that work in so I could enjoy a Hollywood quality turtles movie. And made by people that know what they're doing and that, care about the property that care. Yes. Yes. That understand these characters and why, again, th- this movie took a lot of big swings, a lot of big risks, but the best way to silence the na- naysayers is for the movie to be that good. Yeah. And see, that's no. exactly, and not to, and I'm not trying to change topics, but or it's 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 related. That's exactly how I felt watching Bumblebee in the theaters because I'm big, huge, diehard Transformers fan. I did not like any of the other movies mm-hmm. that the live action ones, to be precise. Like B was the first one that I felt she would just love for since the original '86 film. That it just it felt. Like somebody that was in charge cared. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if it's you like don't watching someone else play with your toys and mistreating them <laughs> or your pets, it's heart wrenching. But if they do it right, I, oh, okay, cool, cool. You know. Yeah. Like. If you don't like the art style or you don't like Donatello's voice or you don't like, oh, April's black this time, like you're allowed to have your opinions going into the movie. I feel like this movie is good enough to paste over a lot of those negative opinions. You know, like you can walk out of the movie and say, you know what? 
didn't look great, but it was a fun time. Well written, well acted. You know, like you're going to find more good to offset what you don't like. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there there are going to be people, and there have been people who just didn't like it, and uh, I don't know. I I don't know what you want <laughs> out of a turtles movie. I do know what you want, and I guess what I'm saying is just read just just read the lost the last Ronin. Because that's that is your shortest shortest route to what you're looking for in Ninja Turtles. I mean, look, you know, and and we've made this argument several times. You know, it's like we're we're older and we want more mature stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there was some mature stuff in this. Got about seven cuss words. That's that doesn't make it mature. Uh, no, it doesn't. You got some adult, not adult situations, but like. You had some drama. You had some 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 heavy stuff. Yeah. In in this. Um so it's definitely Yeah, is it more marketed towards kids? Yes. But there's enough of stuff in here for people to enjoy. I, I would say kind of on the same effect as the original nineties movie. In the sense, I mean, it's goofier, but you know, there was some heavy stuff, like, you know, dealing with Raphael being knocked out, you know, there's some heavy moments in this. Mm-hmm. So are we going to get full on mirage drinking beer, uh, stabby, stabby blood? Maybe not until the last Ronin video game. Let's wait and see for that. But, you know, look, this is a great lead in to great summer flick. If, if you're a fan, you have to go. Do yourself a favor. Go watch this freaking movie. Leave all your negative whatever at home. <laughs> Lock it in the closet. Trust us. We were yeah, right about Rise, yeah. and we're right about this. Like, so give it a chance. And and I'm specifically speaking to the people who are tired of the Turtles being for kids. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people, oh, the movie's bad. The movie's bad. It's like, no, the movie's not bad. It's just not for you, old man. Like, that's just what it comes down to in a lot of cases. Cow boomers. Cowaboomers. Yeah, the, the movie's not for you. I'm sorry. You can still like the Turtles. Movie's not for you. The best thing you can do is show your support for something that you do want. And the closest thing, the fastest route to that is The Last Ronin. Read the books. Play the game when it comes out. Talk about it online. Like, buy multiple copies of the book. Read read Last Ronin 2. Like, Nickelodeon needs to understand that they do have basically two Ninja Turtles properties now. And they would absolutely love to sell you a movie ticket to a last Ronin movie. They just have to make sure that they can do it in a financially sound way. I mean, we've already had confirmation from one of the Paramount guys that there's enough room for both types. Yes. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Yeah. So, Let's stay hopeful. Let's stay positive. Let's 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 charge the fandom with so much positivity. There's not <laughs> enough room for negative. Like, please. Yeah. yeah. The the, the negative energy that I've seen online for this movie for basically because you you're stubborn and old. That, that OK, that's probably an overstatement. But still, you know what you want. It's not this. Be positive about what you do want. Yeah. You're not going to get what you want complaining about what we have already. Jeff, that's it. We're done. Oh, 
I guess we do have another segment. What is it? What's the segment we usually have after our um, main topic? Next time on Shellheads. We feast. Yeah. You're going to try yeah. all those different weird pizza combinations like guacamole and s'mores? <laughs> no, pizza? no. There's going to be. No? There's going to be more paper involved in this one. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's time for Fan Fiction Fest 5, the fifth Fan Fiction Fest. And there have been a lot of fan projects in the past two years, or specifically since the last time we talked about this, that I already have a good list. Oh, nice. Now, the only thing that we're really missing is, like, fan films. So if, if there's a fan film that you think we haven't talked about and you want us to, send it over. But I've already got a long list, Jeff. I'm going to get you the books. We're going to read them and we're going to feast. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. And there's Uh, there's no there's no games in this one this time, right? Not unless someone finds one between now and when we record. I've I've kind of stumbled on some ROM hacks, but they just looked kind of janky and bad. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say that ROM hack ROM hacks count, but, you know. I mean, the only thing I could think of, and but I don't have a copy, is the Shredder's Re-Revenge for uh, Genesis. But yeah, yeah. I don't really have a way to play that right we'll now. We'll see. We'll see. So We'll figure something out. Uh, Jeff, what are you going to be doing between now and the feast? Uh, fasting? <laughs> <laughs> the fan fiction fast. Uh, fan fiction fast. Uh, I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, Sergio, uh, Brennan, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, we specialize in retro and uh, modern games for you all to enjoy. Um, that's Neo Geo uh, Arcade Classics. That's PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, uh, Nintendo Switch. Um, we also do uh, birthday parties, events, uh, game restoration uh, for uh, classic cartridge-based systems and cartridge games, cleaning those up, making them like new. Uh, we also we're on all the socials now. We're on Twitch. If you're not following us on all of those, please do so. We'll probably be uh, streaming. No, we are going to be streaming some Ninja Turtle stuff this weekend. Yeah, we'll be doing that, and we'll have some stuff, uh, you know, here and there. And uh, where can we find you uh, when you're not doing Shellhead, Sergio? Uh, I have a brand new video podcast on YouTube called Downset Drip. Uh, It's about football uniforms. Uh, Not football. Football uniforms. So if you've ever worn clothing, which I assume a few of you have. uh, Unless you're listening to us from a nudist colony. Hey, and if you are. Good for you. You might have an opinion on, you know, the stuff that we talk about on the pod, uh, on on the video podcast. You can check it out uh, on the Reality Breached YouTube page. Uh, that's the easiest way to find it. Or if you just search Downset Drip, it should pop up. Thank you for joining me on this trip down uh, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you in two weeks. And I look forward to everyone listening to us. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads.
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.